Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. We're going to pick up where we left off. So if you didn't watch the last episode, you didn't listen, go listen to that before you listen to this. I don't think I've ever said that. I don't think I've ever admonished the audience to not listen to it. Go back and listen to the prior. (laughs) Toward the end of the last episode, Lisa made a comment about if somebody had a goal or a a dream of a million dollars. And after we ended that episode, we were, we were both talking. It was a perfectly valid point, by the way, I'm not criticizing the point that, that you made, but we were, we were both, we were both kind of talking about the why, like why a million dollars. And in that episode, if you're not going to take the time to go back and listen, one of Lisa's big, big dreams for years and years and years has been to have acreage. And by acreage, I don't mean five or 10 acres. I mean, a hundred plus acres. And when she first expressed that to me, my question was why? And I wasn't questioning her ambitions. I was questioning for my own curiosity and for my own understanding because I could tell the, the, the acreage was so specific, I knew that there had to be a reason. Now, with so many of us, we have these ambitions and we have these dreams, and we may not even know why. And I thought about this with a million dollars. And my question would be, okay, what, what can you do with a million dollars that you couldn't do with, pick a number, $200,000? You know, sometimes we have these dreams and ambitions because society or culture or peers or whatever, we've got this expectation that is not, it's really not ours. It's, it's that success equals blah. Correct. We got it in our head. I grew up in an era where guys would stand around at work and they would ask, what's your number? And I've talked about this before, you know, what's your number? And I remember saying, what do you mean? What's my number? Well, I, and it would be, what's your retirement number? What's the number, what's the dollar amount that you need to amass over the course of your career so that you can walk away? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never thought about it. I don't, I don't. Well, everybody had, everybody had a number (laughs) and the number that everybody had was this. I thought at the time, now I'm back, I'm back in the late seventies, early eighties. The number everybody had, I thought was just colossally high. Everybody two, $3 million, some people more. Now you can look today in 2023 and you can study the research of people who retire, who have say $3 million. It's an itty, it's an itty, itty bitty number. And I get, I get, it's humorous to me to see an online headline, you know, 45 year old wife, she and her husband have three, $3.5 million. And she's nervous that they don't have, they're not going to have enough money to retire. And I'm like, well, they're idiots. How can you be smart enough to amass $3.5 million and so stupid that you don't know that I got news for you, honey. I mean, depending on how you want to live your life, you're good. Trust me, you are good. But it, it all goes back to this. Why do we want what we want? And are we sure that that's what we want? So Lisa answered my question about the acreage because she and her family, they're outdoors people, they're hunters. I'm not. So I had questions just so that I could understand. Now, part of our leadership recipe, well, let's give the whole total. 
The leadership recipe is curiosity. It's, it's humility. The humility first. Uh-huh. Born out of that humility is curiosity to ask the questions. Well, we're not just asking because we're nosy. We're asking because we're seeking understanding. But there's a space between curiosity and understanding, and that's knowledge. We, just, we need to know so that we can understand. The pivot point of the whole thing is at the top, and that's compassion. So I've got to get to understanding. Well, I didn't understand why Lisa wanted a hundred plus acres. Well, they want to, they want to hunt with bows and arrows, which you can do on small acreage. But if you want to shoot with high powered rifles, you better have big acreage. Okay. Randy, the non hunter, I didn't know this. So she and I had, you know, had lengthy conversations about it. And now I had an understanding so there was a reason why she needed it. It wasn't that, well, we just got it in our head that we need. No. And so from that kind of today, we just wanted to have a, a little bit of a conversation on why, why do we want what we want? And are we sure, are we sure that that's what we wanted? And I'm, beyond would, that, Randy, it's understanding other people's why. Well, and not, and, not, right? and not judging it because right. at no point did I sit there thinking, well, she and her family, they're idiots. They're idiots for one hundred plus acres. I would never, I told her before we hit record, you could give me 10 acres and I wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, I, I just, I wouldn't know what to do with it. You could probably give me, yeah, you could give me two and I'd be okay. But if you gave me much more than two acres, I'm probably... I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm like, I don't, I mean, what do I need this? What do I need this for? What am I going to do with this kind of a thing? So at no point, but I'm bent that way, uh, to I've said it before. If you want to watch more parades, then you just need to cheer more. And it's it's just really easy for me to cheer you and your dream. I just wanted to make sure that I had a real understanding of what you wanted. And part of my service to you was wanting to make sure that that you had clarity on it and you absolutely positively did so much so that here we are today, some years later, and it's turning into, it's turning into reality. So. And I think on that too, it's, it's so important. Um, you know, our whole podcast is about leadership growing great. Um, in leadership, you must understand the why to help identify a solution and gain knowledge so that you can support those you're serving. If we don't understand the why, how can we possibly serve them well? Again, and I say in leadership, but this is this is in family life. This is in leadership at work. This is in general interaction with another human. Well, otherwise you you're going to spend your time. Why. Otherwise, otherwise, you're just going to spend all your time judging judging. No, other or or placing what you believe to be. Uh, true on another person. In other that's words, gonna rob you, that's going to rob you of your humility, which is going to be your number one leadership problem. I will go right. on record and say it for the umpteenth time. Every leadership failure I have had stemmed from my own pride. From the fact that that very first recipe ingredient, I, 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 for a moment, maybe just for a moment, cast that aside and I lost my humility long enough for it to derail me. So don't let that happen to you. Protect your humility at all cost, because everything that great leadership is about stems from humility. 
And in in our at 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 our you know the beulanetwork.com, which is our grow great where the podcast is held, we've got all the leadership recipe segments broken out. If you're wanting to catch up, you can go back and look at humility, curiosity, knowledge, understanding, and compassion in individual episodes to understand what we're talking about today in more detail. But understanding the why, it is so easy in life and work. When somebody tells you what they need, you immediately start providing solutions. And I would tell you, do not do that. Listen first and ask questions. Okay, tell me why. Tell me, What are you trying to do? Why is that important to you? What are you trying to achieve? You've got to genuinely understand because a cookie cutter, and, and my team knows this intimately, a cookie cutter response is not the best response. A you need to respond that serves them. If what they are trying to achieve, how can we help them get there? Well, how can you possibly help them get there if you don't know what they're trying to do? If you don't know the why of what they're trying to do, we can't serve them as effectively as just telling them, well, here's, you need to go do X, Y, and Z, which is what we do with everybody. That, that, did, that just, now it can work, but nine times out of 10, if you understand their why, you can even get to a better solution for them than, um, than just your cookie cutter. This is what we do for everybody. Because human interaction, there is something unique in every interaction you have. I have not, now they can be consistent, but I can never say I dealt with this exact same thing. All the circumstances were identical. All the people were identical. That just doesn't happen. There is a different why for everybody you touch, everybody you interact with, understand their why. Well, how many times have you had staff come to you and the why has been because they want to, they want to solve a problem. They want to fix something that is in their way and they've got an idea and they want to run it by you. Yeah. Their, why, their why isn't, it isn't as self-centered as you might think initially at first blush but we all want a team of people. We want high performing teams. We say we do, but we've got to, we've got to put in the work to create a culture that will foster having high performing teams and high performing teams are always in a mode of wanting to make things better, wanting growth and wanting improvement. And that means some ideas and that means creativity and that means innovation. And so sometimes and that means the, listening. Yeah. Sometimes the why is <laughs> we got this idea, Lisa, here's, here's something that, that we encounter all the time and we've got this idea about it. And when you're a leader and you've achieved that, when your door is so open and people are willing to come to you and now you can inquire and you can be inquisitive and you can be humble enough to listen to them and find out because there's things that at Lisa's altitude as a leader and a boss, she's just got more information and there may be reasons why their idea just won't work, but there may be reasons why this part of their idea won't work, but other parts of the idea might work magnificently. So that, that why I think in the workplace, especially for us to make a knee jerk reaction that they're coming to us. And they don't know what they're talking about. Their idea isn't worth anything. They've, they've got, you know, they've got a dog in the hunt and that's the only reason they're bringing, uh, that's really short-sighted. Mm -hmm. If not, yeah. I mean, that's just narrow-minded is what that is. It is. 
Yeah. And, and you've got to, as you try to understand the why you've got, you heard me say it a minute ago, you've got to listen and listen is not hearing. It's not just hearing the words like, you know, Snoopy's teacher. They're just, you know, it's not that listening is seeking understanding. Like you said, you're asking questions to gain knowledge, to understand. Once you understand, you can then go, okay, have you tried? You're still listening. Have you tried? What about? What has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? And you can almost lead them. In fact, you can lead them to their own answer. They can start coming up with solutions and it's empowering them that I I can get out of it. I can figure this out. And so through you being curious, even though you five minutes in, you may have known the answer, it's helping them see the answer to their why because you're then growing them to become better than they are today. And guess what? Growth in that manner is contagious. Yeah. It will, you'll create a culture that's contagious that can go far beyond um, just you and, and you, you're creating people that create this culture, whether they stay here or go somewhere else. Um, you're creating a culture that is inclusive and contagious. I'll give you two examples. And as an HR director, you'll, you'll appreciate this. And we haven't talked about this before, but in recent weeks, I've had two, I've had two examples where leadership not only didn't seek out why, but didn't even, didn't even make an attempt, you know, to, to foster other input. And it's that whole unintended consequences kind of a outcome. So you've got company A, and company A has, has made a decision that at a certain date, historically at a certain date, more, more paid time off, more PTO uh, days and hours get added depending on your tenure with the company. Uh, they come out with a new policy and the new policy blows that out of the water and nothing is grandfathered in. Because in today's environment, what they are up against, like everybody, is finding good people. Well, sometimes just finding people. Finding somebody breathing. <laughs> right. And so in their infinite wisdom, on the, per on the first birth anniversary date, year one, brand new employees will get basically two weeks. Now you've got grandfathered people that weren't thought about. There was no consideration. So the why seemed to be, we've got this problem we need to fix. Bigger problem. Now you got all these tenured people, these tenured people that help build the company, that help make the company what it is. And they're all, it's now a punitive thing. They're, they're now all penalized with this new policy unintended consequences. And so the why on one end leadership did not take the time, did not have enough humility to seek the information and it ended it's going to end up biting them with veteran employees. Company B, very similar issue. Brand new people and even lower level people going to give big percentage raises to Management and leadership, nada, nada. Yours is going to be based on these arbitrary goals and numbers, and if we achieve those, then you might sort of get 80% of it, and 
then there's complicated math and really demoralizing, completely demoralizing to existing, to veteran people, especially to leadership. Brand new people, lower level people. This is great. This is wonderful. And so sometimes in our organizations, you know, we think that we're solving for something. It's, it's exactly what you said, though. We, we get in such fix-it mode with we get fixated on that problem, that problem right there. We need to fix that problem, never realizing that by fixing that problem in a specific way, especially in a way that we're not kind of taking the whole approach and trying to figure out, okay, well, now how's this going to impact the person that's been here for 20 years? How's this going to impact this, this great leadership team that we've got? And how are they going to see that? And if they see that as punitive, well, now we've just sucked all the morale out of the room with the people that we need to have the highest morale because we need these people cheerleading and leading the way for everybody else. And sometimes in our organizations, we fix problems because we, don't, we just don't sit with, okay, why are we doing this and why are we doing it this way? And what's, and what's this going to do? What's going to be the, the end result of this thing? Are we sure, are we sure that, are we fixing the problem? Are we fixing what we think is the problem? But all of it still goes to the big why, you know, why, why are we doing this? Why are we fixated on that? And every leadership team, every leadership team experiences this. You know, That's we right. get fixated on things and we get in fix it mode. We get in tell mode. Uh, and usually we do just because, you know, there, there's some pressure being exerted. There's some stressor uh, that's at play. And I understand it. Uh, the problem is it, it, doesn't, it doesn't tend to alleviate the stress. It tends to add on to the stress. But I think we just feel like, well, because we're just, we're reacting to this then we're being proactive. And well, how, many, how many times have we been in meetings and you, you're getting answers to your, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to, we need to do this thing and do this and this. And in moments you just have to stop and say, okay, help me understand why we, what, what is, what is the root cause of why we need to make the change? Doesn't mean we don't need to do the change that was just communicated. But sometimes you have to understand it because perspective is everything. And if if your leaders are listening, and many of us have leaders that do, as they're listening and you say, okay, can you help me understand why why we are doing that? What What is behind it that necessitated this change? And they tell you, then you can say, okay, now I did not understand that because they're so many times things are brought to light and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's why I didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't know. I didn't see, right. um, right. that perspective is everything. And with that insight in that moment, did it not change what you are originally going to state as a solution or an opportunity? I mean, I, I don't, I can countless times I've been, I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. And then, then you, it changes what you were going to recommend. And that's why the why is important as you talk to people. Um, and when you're in meetings as a, as a leader, you know, I always listen to my people. I want to know, okay, tell, help me understand why. And then that sheds light on where I need to go with that conversation. If, if I didn't listen and I didn't get that insight and wisdom and I was focused on what I wanted them to do, 
I may have completely missed the boat on a great solution versus a solution. We can we can all have a million solutions, but what is the best one with the best outcome that understands the why and solves for the problem for all of us, not just me? Right. Yeah, you know, it's the age old moniker. If you if you don't have time to do it right, then when are you going to have time to do it over? And like the two scenarios that I just painted and you've experienced it, we've all experienced it where we made a decision because we didn't do exactly everything that you're admonishing us to do. And now we got to go backtrack. Or not only that, because we made, we made this decision. It's like, oops. Yeah, or you've right. created work. You've created so much work for those oh, that you absolutely. don't understand because right. you didn't ask. Right. And how, you know, that's happened to all of us. It's happened to me. I've made that decision in my leadership journey. We all have. Mm -hmm. And they, they come and go, okay, do you realize this just added like six hours of time? To, and I'm like, it added what? <laughs> you right. know? And right. I'm like, they're like, well, I just want to make sure you understood. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's get back together. I, I clearly missed something. Let's go through and tell me what it's doing. Let's find a better way. So yep. those are the things. Understanding the why, asking the questions allows you to better serve. And that's critical in, in everything we're doing in leadership in life. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, the city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well. Do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.